You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome along to the Content Academy podcast. I am Paul Caffrey, Philip McGrath is with me and we have a knockout of a show for you lined up. Phil, what's going on? Anything happening? Not a whole lot, my good man, not a whole lot. And if you see that's that's it's you know too self-deprecating. Um, I know for a fact uh, we've got that award show next week, um, <laughs> the Little Woods Ireland Blog Awards 2016. Um, that's that's exciting. Now tell me this, Phil, are you going to meet the dress code? No, definitely not. And what is the dress code for for people listening who might not be uh, up to date with it? Well, it's been held in a circus tent, so the theme is most certainly uh, circus related. And they have asked people, if they wish, to come dressed as uh, circus performers and jugglers and clowns and, I don't know, whatever else you can dress up as related to the circus. However, I will not be a clown. I guess you're not really supposed to dress up as animals. Animals are frowned upon in the circus. So you could have an ironic protest and uh, go perhaps as as a panda, maybe? No? Hmm, nah. Either way, I won't be dressing up. I will be um casually dressed, shall we say. Sports casual. I'm gonna go sports casual. Blazer? Yeah, I may do. Blazer? Sharp shirt, blazer? Yeah, it could be an option. Smart casual. Um but yeah, I certainly won't be dressing up as a clown, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's it. That's <laughs> wait until those uh, face painters get a hold of you. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, that's that's happening next week. So looking forward to that. Um, and I was I was actually a bit disappointed when I saw it was a dress up thing. I was like, oh, really, really? Um, so I do like it, but I think for a business event, and you know, I know I get it. They're trying to make a fun. It makes sense, and and I like it, but um, I don't think the uptake is going to be too high. So I don't think you're going to be the only person um dying dawning casual clothes as it is um our facebook group mastermind is one week old so we have a couple more members joined there so it's still very very small um so welcome everybody to to that um there's a lot going on there you can join uh it is content.academy space mastermind and you should find us pretty easily on dl facebook yeah and of course if you uh are far too lazy to do any of that you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 42 for today's show notes and we'll have a link to the facebook group in there cool so this show is all about productivity so we're going to look at you know what tips people can have to be a little bit more productive with their online business um we've been i suppose speaking to a lot of people um in a number of facebook groups and a lot of people have gotten in touch to contribute towards the show so um people will be getting shout outs as we go thank you very much for that um also there's a lot of content for us to review and everything kind of has as that that under underlying theme as such um and then we are going to finish the show out with a couple of questions phil you're not going to get away this easy we actually have some questions for you to answer yeah i knew last week was too easy but uh, yeah looking forward to that we get get some uh, some answers to some questions why not cool okay so um first things first let's have a look at, at the roundup so we've uh, we've a couple of articles picked out uh, and 
that we're just going to talk through that have caught the eye and we think are worth a mention for, for various reasons. Um, the first is an article written by a gentleman called John Rampton, who is an entrepreneur behind Jew.com, which is a, a new payments, uh, online payments business as such. Uh, and he published a, an article called Seven Essentials for Making Your Content Marketing business thrive and that was it in entrepreneur.com phil did you get a look at this article and i'm assuming or hoping you did uh, and what did you think of course i did um, oh, that's good anyway there you go the email arrived <laughs> yes technology <laughs> yeah, technology works um, yeah no listen obviously i i did read the article i think um while it does pertain to kind of um your content marketing business i think there's a lot um you know don't just switch off if you don't have one of those there's a lot that uh bloggers and um, what kind of one-man bands can take away from the article um it, from the nuggets of information that we've got from john in it so i mean the first one there is you know making your own professional blog a priority now if you are just a blogger and you don't have say a a company site but certainly making sure that your own blog, your own professional blog, um, so you can have two blogs nearly if you like, one that kind of highlights what you do and the other where you can kind of further level up the, the quality of your content and the practices that you have and really showing off that you know what you're talking about. So even if you're just blogging on LinkedIn, for instance, you could do quite well, which would obviously be associated to you and everything you um, do with your business and getting in there and really showing that you are the, uh, the most informed and you know what's going going on and you really are up to date within your niche or niche as, as some people might say and um, is a great tip that i think people could uh, take advantage of yeah i like that as well and the person the personal blog is something that i flirted with so if i've had a personal blog i you know built up content on it i i closed it i i stopped it there last year um and recently um i've got another i've, I've, I've got the domain back but this time it's a dot me so basically my name.com um, one of the domain registers uh, was looking for me to, to pay 600 quid for my name.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they reached out. Um, they saw that I was searching for it. I didn't hit purchase when it was 600 pounds. Um, and they then you know, reached out and tried to sell to me. So the way around that is, is a dot me. And those, those addresses are generally available for people. Um, and you can get it set up quite quickly. One thing that I took from this article that I quite liked was the very, very simple message. Um, but it was create great contact uh, content and engage with people. So, you know, you take the time to write the articles, you promote it, whatever way you do that, um, and then be in comments, uh, in the comments on articles that you've created or even in the groups that you're sharing, that if you're active and part of the conversation, you're going to come across business opportunities you're going to come across ideas for other posts and, and all around ways that you can improve your own business and again it's, it's quite a simple a simple tip but one that is underutilized far too often we see people spend a lot of time create a lot of content throw it out there not really promote it and don't get involved in conversations uh, in the required groups within their niches so whether it's a linkedin group or a facebook group or, or it can be anything else i, I think that's quite important and Let's face it, that's what actually generates business opportunities. You'll find people with a need, um, and it might be a little bit left of center, may not necessarily be what you were planning on doing. Um, well, having said that, even if it's just kind of um, a consultancy type job or whatever it could be, uh, it might get some cash, valuable cash in the door to kind of help your core 
uh, business grow. Um, was there anything else from that that you you liked from from uh, John's article? Yeah, well, I mean, there is the stuff here um, that, as I said, may not necessarily um, kind of pertain to the business you guys have out there. But one of them was regularly surveying clients, and I'd like to kind of turn that a little bit. And it's something we have spoken about in the show before, and about regularly surveying your audience rather than clients. So really speaking to them. Um, and understanding you know what they're struggling with what kind of content that they like that you're putting out and again if you're paying attention um you should really know what's working well at the moment and but getting that idea from your audience about what's really working for them what they're getting success with that you've you've kind of helped them out with or you've written about um or blogging or vlogging or podcasting or whatever it might be so really kind of speaking to your audience and getting an idea and a real feel for their pains problems and frustrations but also what's working at the moment in terms of your content so what they're really enjoying consuming yeah good shout there and the final thing i mean moving on from that was guests of guest posts uh, and this article itself is a guest post that john ramson has has entered into entrepreneur.com and uh, we spoke with rosella the fever um i think it was on podcast number 31 and that was uh debunked the myth of how difficult it is to get into significant publications that if you put the effort in your content is decent and you approach it the right way you can get published in in these places even if you're you're not um, a big business yet or a member of a big business so something to be taken away there let's move on because um, i think we might clash on this next article so i'm very interested to get your take on this phil <laughs> um the article is it was on socialquant.net it is five hacks to kill it with social media productivity sorry five hacks to kill it with social media productivity without wasting all your time i was saying that correctly and thought i wasn't because i'm reading it and it went from one line to the other so phil don't be on all social networks do you agree or disagree with that statement um i'll very much agree um absolutely there's no point in being on all social networks if that's not where your audience are i mean if if your audience don't use pinterest well then why would you bother why would you waste an hour, even if it's only an hour a week, why would you waste an hour a week posting stuff on Pinterest? Yeah, or two minutes a day and you're just you know, pinning this, pinning yeah, that. Yeah, it all yeah. adds up. So I think, yeah, I don't think there's any need to be on every social platform. I think you need to figure out where your audience are. We've, we've said this over and over again as well. People are probably sick of it, but yeah, find out where your audience are, where they're hanging out, where the conversations are happening. And that's where you want to be. Now, we've spoke to some people. Um, I think it was Lane Kennedy who says she knows her audience are uh, are on Twitter, but she just likes hanging out on Facebook. Um, so tough. She That's what that's all she does is she'll just do Facebook. But, I mean, it works for her. Um, so it's kind of figuring out, one, what you like and what works for you, and also where your audience are. Because I think if you really don't like the task or you don't like the platform, you might force yourself to do it, but I don't think the quality will be there. And people can kind of see through that. So you really want to make sure that if you are present and you are active on, on the platform, that you're kind of really giving it giving it your all and kind of putting your best foot forward. So uh, I would say certainly not. There's no need to be on all platforms. Um, any um, any tips for people to, you know, to find out if, if um, their audience are on a certain platform? Um, 
without sounding like a complete asshole, uh, ask. <laughs> it's the most obvious <laughs> one. You know, ask your audience where, where you know, send out a newsletter, put, write a blog post about it, about the fact that you're thinking of setting up a, a Facebook page, an Instagram page, or whatever it might be. And ask your audience, is that something they'd like to see? Or leverage your other social media um, platforms to see how that works. Um, of course, you can do other things. You can search through hashtags and and kind of Twitter conversations if you want to see if it's worth getting involved in Twitter or hashtags on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can kind of use those to, to kind of gauge a feel for um, the type of people who are there. Um, but also, if you, you kind of do some searches, you're obviously you're not going to be the only one within your niche um, who's going to have social media profiles. So really, if you have an idea, and I do recommend that you do know who else uh, plays in your niche, um, who, who else is, is about, um, that you have a look at their profiles. And um, that they have set up and see, you know, are they active on Facebook? Are they active on Twitter? Are they active on Instagram, Pinterest, wherever it might be? And if they are active, what kind of a following are they getting? Um, and that'll give you an idea as to, well, this is the same niche. It's the same kind of idea. Um, their followers are very similar to my followers or the type of followers I'd like to have. Um, is it worth my while um, kind of playing in that pond or should I just move on? Oh, I like that. I thought you were going to go down the route of be everywhere and be on as many social networks as possible. So, no, I don't. I don't really subscribe to, to the be every. I don't really subscribe to the be everywhere strategy. Um, I can understand why some people are advocates of it. Um, but I think as kind of looking at it from the point of view of small, uh, small operations, um, you know, one or two man bands, um, that you don't have the capacity and the bandwidth to be everywhere. Um. So be very selective about where you are. Absolutely love that. So there you go. We agree. Don't be on all social networks. Pick the few that your audience is on. Ask them if they are there. Even just have conversations with people who are already in another audience that's similar to yours, possibly. Um, and one final point I'd add is you should look at the traffic metrics to your site. So typically I would see the, the website being the, the focal area of your online business and that you are generally tending to steer traffic back to that in some way, shape or form before you maybe push it off into a, a sales funnel or onto an email list or, or wherever it may go. So um, be mindful um, of what, what I suppose social media sites are, are bringing uh, the followers back to your site. And that's maybe a, a way for you to decide what, what networks should you perhaps spend a little bit more time on. Um, the one final piece uh, from this article that I like, and we won't spend much time on it because I think we'll be both in massive agreement, um, is make time for content creation. A lot of people don't often schedule the time in we've possibly talked about that to death do we need to add anything more to that uh no i, I don't um but again it is that important that we keep bringing it up and we'll keep banging that drum until people start getting the point i suppose but yeah you really do need, do need to schedule this um like you would schedule anything else in your calendar like the way we schedule our podcast recordings this is content creation but we do schedule them in we don't just decide yeah let's do one now these are planned in advance and we have a calendar it's all booked in and ready to go and you need to kind of do that with everything whether it's vlogging blogging um you know video work whatever it might be you really have to and even planning out your social um your social posts that you're going to put out you know setting aside an hour a day maybe to fill up your your um 
your social media calendar in terms of you know your your hootsuite or your buffer or whatever you're using um filling that every day if that takes an hour okay we'll schedule that hour to to create your updates and have them scheduled to go out like that um final article that we had a look at was from convinceandconvert.com it is quite a lengthy read um the link the link is in the show notes so you can have a look at that there the title of it is why your content marketing needs to be data driven the title pretty much tells you what that article is going to be about but there was one air one aspect of it that i particularly liked um and it is think of how your audience consumes content so if you're going after people aged between 18 and 24 um, this report here shows that uh, emails only consume five percent of the time however if you were going after somebody between the age groups of 55 and 64 and, and they're the types of people you want in your audience who consume your content well email is 35 40 percent effective there and, and it is consumed and what that means is email is read a lot more by older people than younger people pretty obvious thing and uh, to to consider um and also as you would expect videos are consumed more by younger people than by older people so there is a nice graphic that outlines the findings from ural uh, sabichi um on content academy uh, we'll have that in the show notes um but what is quite interesting is often people get stuck with blogging or podcasting or they get very tied to one type of um content creation and then sometimes decide oh it's it's really cool to, to do facebook live so I'm, I'm going to go do that without taking the time and, and actually realizing well hang on a second infographics as it turns out will really resonate with my niche or ebooks or something which the people i'm going after really really like um or you might spend time making presentations or slideshows and find that your audience hate that they are never going to flick through a slideshow so when you are creating content i guess the question to ask yourself is how does my audience consume it what types uh, what different ways would they like to consume it in the most and, and can i do that is that something that's what's within my powers to do so that was the one thing i liked from that article that just kind of made me think yeah that's a little bit different and that's something that i possibly should be thinking of a little bit more when i'm going to create content so uh, i suppose a way to achieve that is to maybe have a doc have a documented plan and decide to tick that off Phil, we spoke about this before the show. I don't think there was a whole lot else in that article that we really wanted to to uh, to discuss. So I think it could be time to to move on. But feel yeah, free no. to stop me if no, I'm wrong. No, no. Listen, I, I, everything you said there. That infographic is just in itself is worth having a look at, folks. Um, and again, you can get a look at that if you head over to the show notes. There's a link there. It's content.academy forward slash episode forty two for today's show notes and get a look but it's definitely worth just even if you don't read the article trust me please just scroll down and have a look at that infographic it's definitely worth getting a look at cool okay so um let's go to content of the week this is an article from gary vaynerchuk it is pitching i suppose it's gary vaynerchuk's thoughts on instagram stories against the evolution of social platforms. So we're really talking Instagram versus Snapchat, that little kind of me too type feature that was added recently. Phil, what did you make of this? Uh, and what are your thoughts on the debate of Snapchat versus Instagram stories? Um, Listen, there, there's, there's no debate as far as okay, I go on. Well, the way I look at it is Snapchat will forever be Snapchat. I don't think Instagram stories is going to kill Snapchat. 
I think, however, it is going to have an effect on the amount of... Well, I don't have to say it, Paul. The amount of people in our age group who were jumping to Snapchat because of the storytelling capabilities. Um, they were kind of jumping towards Snapchat um, over the last kind of six to eight months because of the, the capabilities there for storytelling and, you know, the marketing that you can well, do with that. And I think we were seeing a large rise in people over the age of 30 to kind of 35 plus um, who were beginning to use fuck. Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite in that bracket, but three, we're not too far Three off. zero. Oh, okay. There was, a, there was a lot of, there was a big rise in the amount of people who begun to use Snapchat over the age of 30. Um, And that was primarily because of the, the, the ability to tell stories and the kind of behind the scenes stuff that you could kind of show. I think audience. it was the faces thing was quite, quite popular. Well, I mean, obviously people there was, like the, that, there was that, the filters. Some, yeah. some of these filters and stuff are, are pretty fun. They are. But I, um, I think we saw a big switch to that. Um, and I think now that Instagram have come up with their own version, you're going to see a lot of people just their, the Snapchat accounts are going to go dormant now because they don't need Snapchat for that capability anymore. And they already have an audience on Instagram that they'd spent time nurturing. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of people now are going to be doing a lot more storytelling on Instagram um, and Snapchat's user base, I think, I say I think I can't obviously I'm, I'm yeah it's really it's, it's hard to, to say. say but in my estimation it looks like Snapchat's user base is going to go back nearly towards its origins where it's certainly going to get a a bit younger again. Yeah, it's you see it's a funny thing when you, when you look at these social networks it's it's so so difficult. So Snapchat I looked on Snapchat as something dirty you know people are sharing dick pics that's what they were doing it wasn't something that i kind of was like oh okay that's 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 you know that's not for me then uh, instagram is something which i suppose has always been really really friendly it's, i don't know how long it's around but it's around for as long as i can remember really and i've had an instagram account and always always been on that maybe not overly active you might pop a picture on here or there um, from the business point of view, we never really utilized it in our previous businesses. Uh, Snapchat didn't exist when we were doing those online businesses. Yeah. Uh, I don't even I don't even know when Instagram started. That is something to, to check out, but it wasn't relevant certainly in what we were doing it uh, back then. Um, so I mean, my my take or my question, well, I suppose I would be I would be one of those people who have started to adopt Snapchat, and that's because. Phil's here going, Paul, he's getting Snapchat. You come on, I'm on Snapchat. Why aren't you on Snapchat? Yeah, and I'm that, like, was, that was me badgering oh, you. Okay, all right, all right, okay, I'll jump on it. And that was because of the story, uh, storytelling capability. So this yeah, is, but then you were like, well, Paul, you've, you've got to do your day. You've got to tell your story uh, on Snapchat. And I'm like, what? I'm like, just my normal day. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've, do, I've done that. And, you know, it might be the gym, morning routines and just nonsense and silly stuff. Really. Airport, it was more, airport it was more travel. Sorry? <laughs> airport travel. Airport travel, yeah. A lot of time when I was sitting around <laughs> bored, it would uh, the phone would pop out and I put some stupid Instagram stuff or some stupid things. There you go, Freudian slip. Some stupid Snapchat stuff out, but it was fun. I have to say, it is fun, and that's interesting. Whereas, um, my kind of feeling with the um, the Instagram side of things is, it still feels very professional. It kind of feels that like I shouldn't really mess around. I don't have the filters, and okay, I can make changes to photos, but I don't really, you know. So, um, I I think the jury is still out for snapchat um my thoughts on it is very much that um facebook is the almighty social network which friends family grandparents you know teenagers everyone is going to use that um, and you know instagram and snapchat are really going to be social networks for fun 
Um, I think Snapchat has a long way to go before it becomes um, a really, really established social network that's going to be around for the next five or ten years. I, I think there's weaknesses there. The, you know, other people can always kind of copy and, and rob features. Um, and I think a lot of it is based around it being cool because uh, it's not intuitive. I, I, I don't know, maybe it's me, but I didn't find Snapchat easy to use when I started using it. I've kind of had to figure things out. And Yeah, I think know... the UI of Snapchat or of uh, Instagram is far easier than mm. uh, Snapchat was. Yeah, I think I think that that contributes. So, but again, um, I think and sorry, to, I I think that that contributes to the kind of I don't want to say cult following of Snapchat, but that yes, yeah, far too big to be a cult. Yeah, <laughs> it's but, like but, that'd be the scariest cult in the world. <laughs> but the kind of the younger generation using Snapchat, I think they like the fact that there's little hidden features and you have to be in the know to know how to do some of this stuff, and it's not just something that their parents can pick up and instantly get a grasp of. If you know what I mean. Yeah, and I if think that that's makes sense. Really, really relevant point. Absolutely. So, so I think uh, that could be a conscious decision on Snapchat's part, rather whereas Instagram, um, which is essentially Facebook, are trying to make it you know user friendly for uh, for your grandmother to use. Yeah, it's it really is going to be a case of you know Snapchat is going to continue. It's going to evolve. Instagram is going to continue. It's going to evolve the stories thing, which they're kind of copying, which is why we're kind of speaking about both of them. Um, I don't think that's the the key, the major key to success. I suppose well, maybe it is, but I suppose it is quite important for Snapchat. But I don't think that the the Instagram stories actually does it any better. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to. I don't see that as a differentiator as to why people would choose say Instagram uh, over Snapchat. And I, I think Snapchat is going to keep its cool. I don't. I don't think it can get massively bigger than it already is i think it's you know it, the numbers are quite impressive and i don't think it ever needs to become the number one social network i think it needs to have its you yeah. know it's it needs niche. to have its place yep. yeah that young cool kids place where yeah and it, 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 it very church. it very much is um you know it's something i've noticed um recently as well that a lot of the kind of early 20s now it's you know they don't message other message each other on facebook anymore and they certainly don't use twitter i can tell you that much but there's a lot of you know i hear a lot of conversations around snapchat and i'll oh, check your snapchat or i've sent you a snap or did you see that snap or did you know it's it's nearly being used now like the way and god i feel old saying this paul but the way we we use text messages when they first arrived out and many many years ago <laughs> but it was that kind of our parents cool. had mobile phones and they just made phone calls whereas we were cool we sent text messages you know yeah uh, yeah absolutely and it's that kind of it's that evolution again and just unfortunately we're getting older and we're now not on the the end of the cool things <laughs> yeah well look that's it so um but yeah listen i i think snapchat is very much a place to have fun and maybe show a lighter side to your audience to your followers and stuff like that but i think in terms of getting your business message across and trying to attract new followers and new clients i think instagram as you said paul is a little bit more serious um doesn't mean you can't have fun with it but i i think we're gonna we can see that kind of divide already with it absolutely okay well look let's move on because we can talk in circles there all podcast and nobody wants to hear that productivity content creation any tips how to get better this is this is kind of what we were here to talk about today um <laughs> eventually so as we as we get to a possibly 20 minutes in i don't know it's it's maybe even a little bit more than that um 
what is your take uh, on productivity? Do you have any kind of, you know, tips or anything that you think you'd like to share before I get into it? Because we've had a whole heap of people send us stuff in. So I'd really like to get your take on, on, on what people have put well, forward. Yeah, well, I tell you that. what. No, well, let's 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 hear what people have sent in to us um, in terms of what's working for them. Um, some of it could be exactly what I'm about to say. So we can kind of kill two words at one stone. And if <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although and, I don't know what that was. So you can just go, yeah, I was going to say that. Well, yeah, I was actually, gonna... what I was actually going to say is if there's something I feel that should have been mentioned that hasn't come up, I will add it at the end. Well, very generous of you. Thank you. So I'm so kind. First person who got in touch with the show is Colin Baker, and he is from Wabang.ie, which is a social media business, and then they have a number of services for small businesses. We're checking out if you think that is something that you need to have and we would like to gain an advantage in. Um, plug over. Um, I recommend the Tomato Timer, Google Calendar, Kill Newsfeed Chrome Extension, the Rescue Time app, Momentum Chrome extension and getplan.co. Um, any of those ring any bells and anything there that you have used before? Yeah, well, the, the kill feed one, the Chrome extension. Um, is so, what, what is that? I, I'm not familiar with it. I don't know it. Well, basically, just to stop you getting the your, your RSS feed stuff coming in, it'll as far as I know, that's what it's for. It'll kill oh, your okay. feed. Um, what else was there on the list? Um, well, Google Calendar, I mean, yeah, using yeah. a calendar, that, that's grand. Tomato timer. Um, I use a Pomodoro timer, which is... Oh, the Pomodoro you know, technique, which came up yeah. on the show, which I, I, I learned about on the show. I can't, actually, I can't even yeah, remember it was, um, who brought Becky Kane, I think, from Todoist. It so was about Becky, it. Yeah. yes, yes, that's um, right. Um, a really efficient one when it comes to productivity, actually. Her podcast, actually, go listen to that podcast. That's going to be way better. <laughs> <laughs> but it is worth listening if you want to improve. Um, yes, yeah, so I've used that. I've downloaded a number of different, well, it's the Pomodoro app, um, which it, it works well. You know, you, you set the timer, you focus on the activity, and then it just goes off, and then you go on something else. So I do like that. Um, Rescue Time app. I've used Rescue Time. I don't know if you have. Have you? No, I haven't. Um, oh, Rescue... I actually remember you using it, though. Isn't Yes. It's, uh... Uh, I remember you telling me about it. Yeah, it was a piece of software, and basically it recorded every single movement that you made on your laptop. So I had, it, I had it on mine there and I had everything and it listed everything and it broke it down into graphs and charts and a lot of that stuff. Some good insight. You know, I figured out that I was, I was doing way too much email and way too much documentation and I wasn't doing enough blogging. So it kind of highlighted that stuff to me, which you might say that you should know this anyway, but until it sometimes is presented yeah, until back it's to me, I, out to I don't realize that I was spending so much time. Um, however, it does highlight like everything that you do. So it gets a bit annoying when you're getting an email saying, no, well done. You spent 40 minutes on Facebook today. That, that's good going. You know, I have that set as a, you know, a tick box because I need to do so much social media stuff. And I'm there going, oh, that should be an X. I was on the DOS. I wasn't actually working. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of, it knows you were on the site, but it doesn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Cool. So I think I think we've there's a kind of enough there. Uh, we maybe move on. Um, I go for the go for the free trial of rescue app, and if you think it's worth it, start paying for it. I did for a while. I then cancelled. I I got the benefit, and then I kind of built that in. Corrected, so, your, corrected your habits. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And it, it highlighted that to me. Um, Esther uh, Goldenberg has been in touch. Um, and so Esther says, so I have a blog and create content uh, for for my courses and for my Facebook group. 
I honestly find the best way to ensure productivity is to be accountable for the content creation. So I just so just as I make appointments with clients, I make appointments with my content. I also find that just writing down my top goal enormously helps me prioritize it. Yeah, and that's again something we said earlier on the show. You know, making time to create content, put it in your calendar, keep that appointment as if it was a as if it was a client acquisition appointment. You know, you it, it, which essentially it is. And I think if you start looking at your content and from that point of view as client acquisition rather than writing, um, you might get a bit more done. Yeah, absolutely. I I like the idea of writing that one goal down. And what I would do is I just put an A four pad next to me, and I might chat three or four things that I want to get done today, and it's just there. I know it's a waste of paper. I know that I could put it into a little note uh, digitally. For whatever reason, when I write it down on the paper and it's there, I tend to do it more than when I jot it on. So I have to. I'm looking. I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking at today's page <laughs> that I wrote out. Um, okay. What What was on today's page, Phil? Uh, okay. Let me see. I have. Uh, what well, these may not make sense. Okay. So uh, okay. bear 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 with me. I'm I might put be... the kids in the bin. Uh... No, no. So I have little bullet note points for myself. One is scheduling software. Um. So we had a, a little issue with our scheduling software, which I had to look at. Um, yes, and you fixed that. So thanks for that. And I've I've acted upon that. So. Excellent stuff. There you go, folks. See, Brilliant. we do stuff. Um. I have video hosting written down, which is something we needed to look at, and which I've also done. Uh, there should be an email in your inbox, Paul. And the other is workbooks, which I'm not going to explain. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Right, let's move on because but it is nice. And so there you go. Very, very specific, goal-oriented. Love that. So Susie Asford was involved, was, uh, was in touch. So she is all about blogs and vlogs, which is video blogs. And we've heard Phil reference it. Um, and what she says, the number one thing that helps me when vlogging is me batching my content. So writing down a list of titles and then seeing what I feel moved to record on. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I, I like that from the point of view that you're doing what motivates you or what you feel the urge to do there and then because we all know that kind of certain tasks can, can become a little bit monotonous. But if you're excited to get something done, like, you know, that's, that stuff you just like, the podcasting, we really enjoy podcasting. So, I mean, it's never a chore. Can I you don't go, oh, God, we have a podcast booked in. I'm always delighted to get behind the mic. Um, so, I mean, having a feel for what, what you're in the mood for that day may not necessarily be a bad thing. Just bear in mind that some tasks you will hate so much that you'll never be in the mood to do them. But unfortunately, they just have to get done, folks. Yes. Um, and can we say that Susie is batch shit crazy? Does that work? I'll allow it, um, it. But yeah, batching is obviously a, a great way of getting stuff done. Um, if you're recording five or six videos and you know they need to be kind of edited and and there needs to be kind of intros and outros put on them or whatever kind of graphics you're using, you can do all that and you get into a workflow and it means you will get them done a little bit quicker. And uh, certainly, if you've got a, if you've got processes in place, it'll make it even quicker to get all that done in even less time. Cool. So um, we then have uh, Gretano Matarese. Love the um, pronunciation, Paul. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's correct, Matarese. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a yeah, look yeah. at it. I think that's all right. So uh, usually I, cre I create images uh, and content upgrades. I would suggest Feedly to keep yourself updated, PicMonkey yeah. or Canva for images mm -hmm. if you don't use GIMP or Photoshop. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't use GIMP or Photoshop. Uh, Canva, absolutely. And I, I recently uh, played around with Canva's iPhone app and there's a, a actually a, an article on the uh, site about that and how I got on with using that for a day to do for all of our um image needs so i kind of spent the day where i put all of was, our... was it any good yeah it was um in short yeah. yeah i was able to pretty much do a lot of what i'd normally do for us uh, in terms of images so and rather than taking out relay that as uh, everyone who's listened to the show knows i'm a big fan of uh, that was put to one side and i solely spent the day creating graphics and images on my iphone um and it took a little bit of getting used to um but i think had if i were to do it again um, it'd be a lot quicker because obviously you now I've had the the kind of experience of playing around with it and knowing the capabilities and what it can do. But yeah, it worked really well. But uh, go and check out that article as well over on the blog if you want to see a little bit more about that. But uh, yeah, Canva absolutely. What else did he recommend? Um, what else was recommended by Mister Madarezi? PicMonkey Canva for images. Feedly. Yeah, I I used to use Feedly. Um, what do you use now? Now I actually don't really use a kind of feed app. I I generally just get my 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 information from from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And if there's anything, so that, that's and if there's any if there's I anything gonna... I like, I save it to pocket. And um, but I used to use Feedly for the football because obviously it's such a fast changing pace of of uh, sports that every day there was something there was a latest breaking bit of news and stuff. So I used Feedly to stay on top of all of that. I've got my Facebook set up in such a way that all of the stuff that I'm into comes up on it. And it's that uh, Facebook have this nice thing where you can save articles. That's actually pretty good for going back to as I well. Have some, I have some videos is, saved. Um, I, I save the articles to pocket because um, yeah. I'm, I'm able to tag them and segregate them. Um, but videos that are on Facebook that I might want to get a look at again, I save within Facebook. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I got a bit pissed off myself because I'm like, oh, I'm after making my Facebook feed too good. And then someone's looking at me, what do you mean you made it too good? I was like, I'm going to get all the stuff. Done that I'm interested in, like really interested in, we're talking football, we're talking UFC, we're talking content creation, we're talking technology, we're talking some edge of every, and like it is really, really entertaining for me. I'm like, okay, so be careful with that. Uh, I, I too have stopped using um, feeds as well. I, I tend to just save, I've got five or six websites that I'm, I'm a big fan of and I just tend to kind of dip in and out of those for um, content and content creation more side of things and then as you say it is social where I kind of find a lot of stuff as well which is, is quite interesting. Which um, isn't necessarily great for productivity unless you've just exercised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So be careful with that but yeah I mean Feedly is a, a service like that is great if you subscribe to a number of uh, sites for, for news purposes and want to keep up to date certainly it's a great way of, of kind of having those in there without getting distracted by the likes of Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever else you're stuck with. Excellent. This is a tip from a podcaster it's called Samuela uh, Samuel, sorry, Onelia. Okay, pretty much podcasts. I suggest that you systemize or outsource everything for the interview. I use scheduling software. You can uh, you can book dot me uh, for post production and audio editing and post creation. Um, if you dedicate the podcast more of the time you need to record it, probably you're losing time without any benefit. Okay, so I get what you're saying. So don't, yeah, okay. No, I mean, I mean, I don't think there's probably a need to kind of discuss anything there. There's probably maybe a few points there that we could have done with being maybe a little bit more fleshed out. You know, for example, you know, outsourcing everything is a luxury that uh, we just don't have. 
Um, but I do see the, the benefits to it. Um, one from Una Doyle Love here, and it says, I love Trello. Uh, to outline and move tasks through. So I've got five sections, my ideas, pre-production, production, production, uploading to blog and social media, and then analysis. I also... love that last piece. Analysis? Yeah, something we don't see enough of. Um, I'm not very good at it, but we'll outsource this if I need to get more help. So analysis, what should people be doing there? Well, I mean, obviously, Una's got her sections there where it's, you know, pre and post production um which is fantastic because she can keep her content moving and she knows at what stages it's at um pretty much like a good good, um editorial calendar i suppose but the analysis piece is something that i think people struggle with or certainly don't do and it's going back and looking at your content paul you'll be familiar with this we do it with our content in our editorial calendar but we have we have a time frame after it's been published where we can go back and look at the amount of shares it's gotten the amount of page views reads views listens whatever it might be and whether it's a video audio or or written um, and looking at how how well it's been uh, received by the audience and interactions and so on and so forth and you get an idea then to what works what doesn't work what bombed you know articles you think are going to do really well can actually really struggle in terms of numbers and kind of articles you write that you don't think are too good um do absolutely fantastic Yep, I agree with that there. Got distracted, um, as I, I tend to do. Um, cool, okay. So, um, I mean, look, there's a, there's a lot more stuff here, so I'll kind of, I'll just try and maybe pick out maybe three or four more, and then we'll, we'll wrap that up, because I know we're running massively over for time. Um, so thanks for that, Una, and thanks for your, your help there, Phil. Um, actually, she also mentions a thing called Word Swag for creating quotes and posts, because it's really, really easy to do, and I can add my logo. And Word Swag, there you go, that's a new one on me. We'll have to it check looked that. really good. It was, it was a little quote, and her logo was attached, so that is something to check out. Um, Yonella Blanco has been in touch saying, uh, big fan of Canva. Um, I create posts for social media right now with that. Um, I I am concentrated to create engagement by making people participate in every post through having questions and call to actions within those posts. Straightforward, I think it's a, it's a good shout. Anything else you, you think worth adding to that? No, no, fire ahead. Keep her cool. Uh, Diane Williams says, um, I'm building a membership site right now for my chosen niche, and I'm using Fiverr.com to hire illustrators gra- and graphic designers. I love PicMonkey. I'm looking into Gravity Forms to create accountability check-ins and goal-setting documentation for members of my group. Yeah, Fiverr's really good. I've, I've, I've used that a lot, and... Um, you know, you have to accept that you are only paying a very low amount of money, um, and that the information, the, yeah, the well, I mean, since, a standard, but yeah, it's I good. Mean, but listen, since they've made that that kind of change away from everything is just five dollars, I think, I think the quality has risen because you know, you now are paying a little bit more. You're paying for the extra bit of quality, so I kind of, lo- I, I actually like it more since yeah, they've yeah. moved away from the sole five dollar product, and I think it's it's getting better. You can imagine that conversation. Shit, we never factored in inflation. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly so. No, uh, yeah, years time a fiver, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to change uh, the name. But yeah, I, I really like that. Um, and productivity-wise, well, it's more outsourcing than productivity. But yeah, um, I'll I'll run with that. Cool. Um, Brian Barakusas was on to say I use Canva for my Facebook and YouTube stuff. I batch my work. I pick a day to shoot my videos for the month. And I lay out 
my blog posts all at the same time so that I know what I'm sharing when. Straightforward stuff there. Yeah, love it, love it. Batch product, get it all done in one day. Bish, bash, bash. Cool. So Men- Melanie Surplus was in touch saying that she batch produces content, blog, social media, works really well. Um, uses co-schedule. We use co-schedule to or get guests on our podcast. So paid service, but I would are you worth the money? Because of that, the, the no, emails. Back- we use schedule once. Oh, what am I? Oh, co-schedule, okay, co-schedule, okay, co-schedule okay. is is not. The, yes, you're yes, getting a little yes. bit confused there. Schedule, schedule once is what we use for our uh, our guest bookings, and uh, co-schedule is uh, your editorial calendar software. Mm, well, I use co-schedule to analyze my headlines. Yes, Sweet. the co-schedule headline That's, analyzer yeah. is very good. It is, yeah. I, you know, it, it gives you a sc- if you get a score of sixty-eight or seventy and above, then it's like, yeah, that's good. Okay, so yeah, co-schedule. Interesting. Um, we don't use that. So Phil, I know we are kind of. I use Buffer, perhaps something to to look at there. I don't. Yeah, uh, listen, it is and it isn't. I mean, there's, there's many ways. There's many ways of skinning a cat, as they say. You know, me, Edgar also does a similar kind of job. So there's, there's plenty of pieces of software out there. It's more what you're looking for it to do and how much you're willing to spend. Yeah, I suppose that's kind of what it comes down to. It and there is kind of that piece of between, you know, people. Oh, you don't have time to actually, you know, write me a a Twitter update. You're using Buffer versus. No, I, I, I genuinely don't. We, we need to use these tools, otherwise we, can, we can't reach people all of the time. So I, I kind of get both sides of that. Um, okay, well, I think um, on, on that note, or there's a few more, well, as well as a lot more. A lot of it is kind of more along the lines of batching. Uh, it seems to be quite popular. Um, planning time to write is another one that I can see popping up a number of times. But a big thank you to everybody who contributed. Uh, to that so phil what did we miss there what what productivity tips do you think um we should be sharing do you know what i think that was pretty good it was um, wasn't it there yeah, was a lot of information a lot of good stuff in there that i think people need to look at um but again the big thing is just scheduling the time in to do the work and knowing what you're doing ahead of time will help your productivity no end so having a content uh calendar is obviously something i re- highly recommend and knowing what you're going to be doing and having that filled in and so when it comes time to sit down and create the content your research is already done you know what you're writing recording or whatever it might be and you can just knock it out of the park Yep, really, really like that. Um, next thing we we're going to have a look at was the latest blogs on content.academy. Phil, you've kind of already mentioned the article that you uh, have written, so I don't think there's any need to go back over that unless yeah. you'd like to no, add. No, 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 no. Cool. Um, I'm looking at uh, kind of giving a brief overview of how to organize your content. So this is kind of a you know productivity tip. I'm going to keep this really simple. I organize my um, my writing content into three areas. I have content ideas where I've got one notebook and I'm just capturing ideas for possible blogs and for possible content that I'm going to create. I have multiple pages within that. I'm using OneNote software. I then have a second, which is for research. So if I, if I like an idea and I think, yeah, that could become a, a, you know, a good blog piece or a decent piece of material, it gets moved into the research tab. Then there's time scheduled for me to actually go and conduct research and whatever's in there. Uh, and then the final piece is if the research is done, I think it's worth writing, then it goes into a draft tab where it gets written. Um, and then for the articles that are written, they get transferred into content.academy. So I like it. I use OneNote. I can carry that around in my pocket. Phil, 
it is time for you to answer some questions. I've only got three questions for you. That's it. Not it's manageable. All right, try them out. Um, Let's see what we got. The first one is from Marlene Pierce, uh, and it is: How do you organize your ideas? What tools do you need to have quality production? I think that is pertaining towards a website and video. Oh, okay. So organizing ideas. Paul, I mean, pretty much what you were kind of going through there. Oh, yeah. I kind of wish I kind of read that back the other way around. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I can't. That's to go back and listen to what Paul just said. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, and tools you need um, in terms of quality production, um, where we, um, that's for video? Um, for website and video. Okay. Um, whatever you have, that's what you need. Yeah. And the reason I say that is people get too hung up on background lights, cameras, fancy filters. They're not that expensive. It's like 50 quid for a light. It's, you know, 40 quid for but a filter you, on yeah, Amazon. But just because you don't have it doesn't mean you can't do it. Um, people get far too hung up on this. You got a phone. There's your, there's your, um, there's your starting point. Turn it on yourself and start recording it. No one cares what your hair looks like, what your makeup looks like. They just care about the quality of the information you're going to give them. So just start. Now, that's interesting that you do say that, right? And I've seen a whole lot of this, women particularly, getting all up in arms. Don't put your makeup on. It doesn't matter. Just go on and be natural. Now, let's turn that on its head. I don't like going on and doing a Facebook Live if I, if I don't think my hair is looking the right way. Or, you know that way? I, I oh, I've, be... seen, I've seen you do Facebook Live straight out of the gym. Yeah, well, that's true. But that's because that was relevant. That was, uh, yeah, okay. Let me go back on that. Now, I suppose... <laughs> What I'm kind of saying is this, is that I do feel that pressure to look a certain way when I go onto a Facebook Live, and I think you should make somewhat of an effort. I'm not saying don't make an effort, but control what you can control. If you don't have the equipment, like if you don't have a lighting rig, well, then you do it the best with whatever you have. But okay. don't, let, don't let it be your barrier. Don't let that block you from doing, creating the content. Okay. Yes, yes, you can recognize the fact that, you know what I'd really like? Um, even I do that now. I'm like, oh, I'd really like if I had X, Y, Z. But I don't. But it doesn't stop me. I still just go ahead and do it. And eventually I get around to getting whatever I need. Um, if I if I do, in fact, even need it. I, yep, think if, I, I think if you really want to do something, really what it comes down to, if you really want to do something, you will find a way to do it. If you don't really want to do it, you will find an excuse. I like it. I like it. Okay, let's move on. Um, Audrey Michelle has been in touch and I think this is a question that could pertain to, to quite a lot of listeners uh, and it's quite simply this where do I start I keep thinking of where I need to start first um, and, and I don't really know where I should start it's not that I don't have a lot to say I have a lot I have a lot to say um, but when it comes to it where should I share my content first uh, on a blog, on a website, small posts, Facebook groups, profiles, where do I start? So this sounds like somebody who's possibly wants to have an online business or has an idea and is, is maybe overwhelmed. Okay. Um, I think probably the best place to start is with a pen and paper. Pen and paper. That's interesting. Um, and the reason I say that is, again, there's no barrier there. So if you don't know how to create a website, I'm not going to tell you to go and create one because you'll get five, ten minutes into that job and go, I can't do this and you'll quit. So what you really want to do is grab yourself a pen and paper and figure out where where you where you can bring value. 
So what is the idea? What do you know? What, what, what knowledge do you have that you deem valuable to an audience? Um, where, where you can bring expertise, um, you know, where is that cross section of, of what people want to know and what you can tell them and make a list of all the things. So you're nearly listing out content or reasons to reasons to start nearly, you know, kind of look at it from that point of view that map it all out in terms of, I want to create content about this. I want to do videos. I want to do podcasts, everything you, everything you can think of, uh, forget about the tech and the how to just think about what would you do if you had uh, no barriers. And once you have that kind of laid out, you'll see a pattern emerging of the types of content that you can create, the types of information you're going to give and what you're really passionate about and what you want to speak about. And there'll be so much there that then you can start moving into, well, okay, well, let's write a blog post. And again, open up Word, write a blog post, have it sitting there. And then you can move on. Eventually, what will happen is you'll have a couple of blog posts written. You'll have a clear idea about where you want to go. And then go and look for some Facebook groups um, that are already up and running with people who you think may benefit from your information and become involved in those and get involved in the conversations around the, the topic that you're really interested in and, and just try and help them out there. You know, okay. if people have problems, just try and give give a bit, a bit of a dig out within another group. It doesn't have to be yours um, and just help them out and, um, see, and see how you go from there. Is so this something you really want to commit to? let's develop that a little bit further so we've done that i've i figured out what i want to kind of write about or how i want what type of content and I've, I've created a few bits and pieces i've spoke to a few people in a, a couple of facebook groups so i've been helping people i'm getting some positive comments a lot of thank yous um what's next should i start with a, a facebook page should i should i get a, a one-page website what what would you what would you recommend um i think the easiest thing to do will be to set up a facebook page um there if if it's a case that you've been interacting on the facebook groups and you're getting some good feedback um having a facebook page um where you can kind of maybe just even shoot some videos to put up and do some piece the camera on reoccurring questions that might be coming up within your niche to have up there that you can kind of when these questions pop up on the facebook groups you can kind of say oh well actually i did a video about this recently um on facebook and they can link within Facebook. So you're not taking them out of a platform in which they're comfortable. They're not going from Facebook to a browser to a website. You're keeping them within that environment um, that they're, they're used to consuming content in. Um, so if you can have some content there to redirect them to that. And if that starts to take off, if you start getting people joining that group, I think then it might be time to either think about creating a, a website or investing uh, the money and having someone create one for you. Cool all very actionable information so i thank you for that phil no final question of the week is from elan chalford and it is simply this how do you overcome creativity block ah this is a tricky one because there's a number of things that i do but i don't always get stuck either it's, it's kind of i could give you hypotheticals but to be honest it's not something i struggle with okay um sorry to be, <laughs> to be oh, a bit boring about it but it, so i suppose the i mean the one thing where i found that i found is being uh, you know turning your content creation into a habit so spending time to write every day that that tends to be the only thing that i've seen work for me hmm. um and other than that um what has worked before is taking a break away from the activity so yeah take whether a break, that's go going and go for a walk play for 
you know, play a bit of Xbox, whatever it could be. It could be a whole lot, whole host of things. Just get your mind on something else. Even listen to a bit of music. Something to, that can kind of be, you know, maybe spark the opposite side to your brain. So, for example, if you're, you know, creating content which is all very logical, you know, maybe look to do something a little bit lateral, like, you know, a walk, bit of music, chilling out. And then I suppose conversely, if you're looking at doing something which is really uh, needs to utilize that creative uh, aspect, uh, well then maybe focus uh, on, on the other side. So maybe come, maybe play a game, like a video game or, or something like that, or um, you know, try spark the other side, uh, the, the, the alternative side of, of what you're doing. Um, and, and there too, I suppose, very different things because I now will sit down and put in half an hour a day simply where I just write. And I dare say 60% of what I write, nothing ever really happens with. But it now does mean that I'm in a position of having a colossal amount of content created that I can kind of pick and choose from which um, is, look, it, it's beneficial to have. So that is a wrap, Phil. That is pretty much everything and a whole lot more that I was hoping to cover in this show based on productivity tips. Anything you would like to add? No, not particularly. I think we've covered a hell of a lot of ground there over the last hour. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, again, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. And those of you who uh, gave us your vote in the uh, Littlewood Ireland Blogging Awards, thank you so much for that. Uh, we'll obviously let you know how we get on at the awards next week. So fingers crossed for that. Also, don't forget, you can head over and join the Facebook group, which is One Week Old, and uh, we are growing. So you can get yourself over there. And for all of today's show notes, including the link to the Facebook page, you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 41. 42? 42. 42. Let's go 42. I like that number more. Sorry, it was 42. Thanks. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> ah, see you later, folks. Thank you.